God, thank you for uh, for a new day. Thank you for uh, the sunshine, dear Lord, reminding us that uh, Jesus overcame and rose. And each and every day, dear Lord, thank you for just reminding us. God, as we continue to worship, dear Lord, help us just to be present with you right here and right now and, and lay down anything we brought in here with us. Uh, thank you for just an opportunity to uh, get in your word and and learn and grow and and dear Lord, change if we need to. Uh, help us to die to ourselves and humble ourselves, dear Lord. And I just pray that uh, whatever you want to do this morning, dear Lord, that we'll just get out of the way and let you do it. We love you. Amen. All right. Um, who knows what we've been studying? What book have we been in? Hebrews, right? Um, last week... Bobby covered verses 1 through 4 in Hebrews chapter 2. Who knows anything about Hebrews? All right. Good enough. So, uh, last week in Hebrews chapter 2, Bobby talked a little bit about what? Paying attention, right? Taking heed. Not forgetting. What? Not forgetting what Jesus did. What you heard. What they heard. So that you won't drift away, right? Um, How many of you have a a life hack or know what a life hack is? How many of you watched in videos? A lot of times it's people testing other people's life hacks. I think there's a guy that says, man, I've been doing this for 40, you tell me I've been living for 40 years and I ain't known this or ain't done this. Life hack, right? It makes your life easier. It makes things faster or, or gives you more time, you think, right? Well, the Hebrew people, uh, the, the, we don't know the author of Hebrews, right? People suspect whoever it is, but nobody really knows. That's not important. Uh, the cool thing about Hebrews is it is probably it probably more than any other book in the New Testament explains and refers back to the Old Testament. Which, help, which helps you know not only uh, why Jesus had to do what He had to do, which is kind of what we're going to talk about today, but also um, it talks about Moses. It talks about angels. And something that uh, in this second half of chapter 2, uh, those first century Christians who, who the author wrote this um, almost sermon to, it's more of a, a sermon essay type of uh, read than it is necessarily a letter. Um, it doesn't really start off as a letter. It kind of starts off with this sh- short essay, right? Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets in different types and in different ways. And in the last days, He spoke to us by His Son, right? Um, but those first century Christians, they were under persecution. They were under Roman rule. In chapter 10, I believe it talks about that they were even facing imprisonment, death. Uh, so they were probably wanting a life hack, right? A way to get out of their suffering, their pain. And along the way, there were some people that took advantage of that, right? 
and tried to give them some sort of imitation or some sort of easier way, right? But easier isn't always better, is it? Just because, so anything in life worth having, what do you normally have to do? You got to work for it. Why? If it comes easy, it ain't good. So just because it's easier doesn't mean it's better. And so what the Hebrew author is going to explain in this second half of chapter 2 is how Jesus is better. Not only is Jesus better, He's the best. He's greater than. Um, If I had to title this chapter, I'd titled it Jesus the Trailblazer. What's a trailblazer? Somebody who sets a path. Somebody who goes first. Somebody who goes before you. Right? So on Wednesdays, we're going through the book of Joshua and we just got through where the people finally enter into the promised land. But before they enter into the promised land, they've been wandering for 40 years and they before they enter in, they have to cross the Jordan River, right? And what do, the, what do they do? The high priest take the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of God, which is a sign of Jesus, right? What do, what do they do? They go in first. They go before us. Jesus goes before us. There's all these signs of that in the Old Testament. So Jesus was a pioneer, right? So a pioneer is somebody that's what? A leader, a captain. The second chapter talks about that, and we're going to talk about it in just a second. But is going first easy? Because you don't know, do you? You're kind of setting the course, right? Not only is Jesus the, the trailblazer, the pioneer of our faith, of salvation, but He's the source. He's the originator, the founder, whatever you want to call Him, all those things. So, starting in verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 2, this is what it says. It says, For He has not subjected to angels the world to come that we are talking about. What he's saying is he hasn't given, made known to the angels the world to come. Heaven. But someone somewhere has testified. What is man that you remember him or the son of man that you care for him? You made him lower than the angels for a short time. You crowned him with honor and glory and subjected everything under his feet. And that someone somewhere the author's talking about is Psalms 8, 6 through 8. And Psalms 8, 6 through 8 is David. It's a psalm of David. And what David is saying, if you go back and read that first Psalms chapter 8, David says it this way. He said, What is a human being that you remember him, a son of man that you look after him? Well, David's saying, why do you care about us more than everything else you created? Why do you look after us? And the author in Hebrews is tying that back to Jesus. What is man that you remember him or the son of man that you care for him? You made him lower than the angels for a short time. So, part of their deception, part of the this hack that was against these 
first century Christians was there was a cult going around that, that made people believe that who were worshiping angels instead of Jesus because partly because of that statement right there. You made them a little lower than the angels. So they used that against them to, to try to make them believe that angels were worth worshiping. And the Hebrew author here is trying to correct that, trying to help people see why Jesus had to be made lower than angels, why He had to be made human, and how that didn't change His position. Because we know Jesus is where right now? Right hand of the Father, right? So, how many of you are going through difficulty? There's chaos. Things haven't changed a whole lot since the first century. How many of you say the world's kind of chaotic right now? There's always, you turn on the news, they never, I never turn on the news and hear a lot of positivity. Do you? It's always chaos, right? Because if you can get people in fear, you can control them easier, right? So I bet everybody in this room is going through some sort of difficulty, right? Suffering, whether it's physical, spiritual, relational, whatever it may be. So what do you do when you suffer? You want to get out of it, right? So you try to find some sort of life hack. You try to find some sort of easier way to get me out of this predicament that I'm in because I don't want to feel this way or I don't want to go through this thing, so I just want something that will distract me or take it away from me or help me not think about it. And what you have to realize, all those things are just an imitation. They're cheap, right? They don't cost you anything. And stuff that is better, stuff that is best, costs something. For He subjected everything under His feet. For in subjecting everything to Him, He left nothing that is not subject to Him. That sentence right there is, uses subjecting, subjected, subject. It's kind of hard to understand a little bit the way you read it. Uh, New Living Translation says it a little plainer to me. It says it this way. You gave Him authority over all things. That's what subjected means put means put under has authority over you gave him authority over all things now when it says all things it means nothing's left out but what but we haven't seen all things as it is we do not see everything subjected to him do we in the present state we're in we don't see everything subjected under jesus right we live in a fallen world turn on the news Everybody's talking about Israel right now. There's always some sort of battle, war, persecution, somebody trying to conquer somebody else that's been going on since the beginning of time. As it is, we do not see everything put under His authority. And then there's this transition point, though. But we do see Jesus. 
made lower than the angels for a short time so that by God's grace He might taste death for everyone, crowned with glory and honor because He suffered death. That's the hope we have. We see Jesus. How many of you have seen Jesus, experienced Jesus? Right? So as believers, we have something to look forward to. Our circumstances don't dictate what we do. They shouldn't anyway. Jesus tasted death. Tasted death for everyone. When I when I read when I read that I think about um Psalms thirty four eight. So Jesus tasted death for us. Psalms thirty four eight. Who knows that? Anybody know that? Psalms thirty four eight. If I can get to it, says. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus tasted death for us. And in this psalm here, he's saying, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you taste something, what does it require? It requires action on your part to do the thing, right? Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good because... Jesus tasted death for us and conquered it. For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. So he's trying to explain why Jesus had to suffer. Why Jesus was made a little lower than the angels. Why do we settle for cheaper, faster things that don't fill us or sustain us? Because they're easy, right? They're faster. So when we worship, it's silly. We've talked about this before. When we worship creation instead of the Creator, right? A lot of times we're left empty. When you settle for those cheaper, faster, easier things, what do you have to do? You have to do it over and over and over again, right? I think about smoking. When you vape or smoke a cigarette, and you blow that smoke out, it's just like we talked about in Ecclesiastes at the beginning of the year, your life is like a vapor, right? When you blow that smoke out, it's only there for a couple seconds. And then what do you have to do? You have to do it again and again and again to get that feeling. And it's just an imitation. It's just a cheap, fast way to try to feel or sustain you, but it doesn't. So then you have to keep on doing it, right? So sometimes we get hung, because we're human beings and because we're here in the physical, we get hung up on ourselves, right? And you're trying to fulfill and sustain yourself with stuff that don't last. And what the Hebrew author here is trying to tell you 
is that Jesus is better. Better than angels. Better than those idols we make. When we're worshiping, when we're worshiping creation instead of creator, that's just making an idol. And a lot of times we're left empty. And you wonder why. Why do I have to keep finding life hacks or things to sustain me? Like you said, anything in life worth having takes effort. It takes time. It costs more. Verse 10, For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it's entirely appropriate that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, made the source of their salvation perfect through suffering. Jesus was a trailblazer, the pioneer, the founder, originated salvation. He made it perfect through suffering. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Jesus isn't ashamed of you. How many of you feel ashamed for things you've done? After knowing this, after knowing Jesus and experiencing Him, because if if you've been in church any amount of time, you've had the Gospel presented to you. You've had this you've heard this message before, but you feel ashamed because you cannot what? You go through suffering and you try to find some temporary fix, and before you know it, you're going in a circle and you're doing things you thought you'd never do. And you feel shame, right? Guilt. And it says the one who sanctifies those who are sanctified all have one father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call you brothers and sisters. He tasted death for everyone. I don't know any other God that did this. You know, religion is our attempt to get to God and what? Christianity is different than any other form of religion is that God came down, right? In the form of Jesus. Made Him a little lower than the angels. Nothing else offers this. The one who sanctifies... And those who are sanctified all have one Father. That's why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation. Again, I will trust in Him. And again, here I am with the children God gave me. Jesus came down in the form of man, right? He was made human a little lower than the angels for what? For us. Jesus proclaims, I will trust in Him. 
Do you trust Him? Here I am with the children God gave me. Now since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these so that through His death He might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is the devil. How many of you are afraid to die? Kind of like the news and, and fear and control, right? It's a measure of control. If you can get people afraid of something, you can use it to control them, right? Right here. Jesus came down and had to be made lower than the angels, be made human, so that through His death, He might destroy the one holding the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. So maybe shame and guilt don't have you. But you fear dying. And Jesus came to destroy death. Charles Spurgeon says, there is no true deliverance from the fear of death except by looking to Him whose death is the death of death. Jesus conquered death by what? By dying. He took the very thing that the very thing the devil thought he had power over and used it against him for us. For it is clear that he does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's offspring. Who's Abraham's offspring? Us. You're a descendant of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God. What does that mean? What did high priest, in the Old Testament, what did high priest have to do? Once a year, what? They consecrated themselves, they purified their, themselves to go into the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was and what? Offer up a sacrifice, right? For the people. So he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice because he came down to be like us, to offer himself up to his shed blood poured out on the mercy seat to atone. He was the perfect atonement to atone for our sin. He who knew no sin became sin. For since He Himself has suffered when He was tempted, He is able to help those who are tempted. I don't know about y'all, but that's comforting to me. To know that Jesus considers that He isn't ashamed of me after all the things I've done and considers me a brother or sister if I acknowledge and accept and believe and trust in Him and confess that He is Lord. And when I am tempted, He is there to help me. That's part of the reason why He had to be made lower than the angels. Guess what? Jesus has experienced everything you've experienced. 
shame, guilt, depression, anger. He's been tempted with the same things you've been tempted with. Material things. He suffered. He made atonement. Why is it important that Jesus was had to be made human or like us in every way? Verse 14 and 15. We're flesh and blood. Jesus came down and had that made that in common with us. And also shared in that with us so that through His death He might destroy death. So knowing that Jesus isn't ashamed of you, how should you respond? How should we respond? There's a song that I think about uh, run to the Father. I believe the name of the song. So I, I run to the Father. I fall in the grace. I'm done with the hiding. My heart needs a surge and my soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again. Are you running to Him because you acknowledge and believe and have experienced that the God who created everything and subjected everything to Himself, came down to conquer death for you and me. Don't run to some cheap imitation. Part of the point of this this whole second half of chapter 2 is Jesus is not only a better way, Jesus is the best way. Jesus is greater than all of these things. Angels. Chapter 3, he's, he's greater than Moses. He's greater than your fear. Whatever it means. It might not be death. Maybe you... What are some other fears you have? Being alone. As a man... One of my biggest fears is not being able to provide or failing. Failing my family. Used to be a fear of mine. Not being able to provide for my kids or my wife. Not being able to protect them. As a man, you have this nature to be this provider and protector, right? And you realize, I realized that somebody asked me a question one day. Um, We were talking about, you know, what would you do if Olivia died or Lainey died? Or what, 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 me and Chrissy, you and your wife ever talked about, what, what do I do if you die? What are my kids going to do? And somebody told me one day, that isn't my job. We have a perfect pioneer, trailblazer, leader who conquered death and is more than capable of taking care of my kids. A heavenly Father. Whatever your fear is, whatever your life hack is, 
Just remember that Jesus is better. Because He came down and conquered death for you and me. Which makes Him better than angels. He was tempted in every way so He can comfort us when we're tempted. So when you're tempted, what do you do? If we know our nature is to look for something cheaper and easier and faster, then what do we need to do? I know what I have to do. I have to get around people that, have, that are experiencing God and that are faithful and be reminded. I don't want to settle for some cheaper imitation. And that when you step out in faith, God shows up. Not only was Jesus the perfect atonement, the source of our salvation, but He was also what a pioneer and a trailblazer a lot of times is. He's a model. He's an example. He's a representative of how we should live and how we can experience those better, best, sustaining, life-giving things. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. He makes a way. You have been given access. What are you going to do with it? Run to the Father. Fall into grace. Put your trust in Him. But we do see Jesus. And by God's grace, He might taste death for everyone. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you? Have you stepped out? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You for, for giving us example after example after example of how Jesus is better, how Jesus is best, God. That He was willing to do what needed to be done for us to be part of Your kingdom, for us to be children of God. Dear Lord, I pray that, um, that in knowing this and hearing this and that we would just respond um, however You call us to. Help us to, to put off that shame and guilt and know that Jesus is waiting for us wants to meet us right where we're at, died for us, conquered death, so that we don't have to fear. God, I pray that 
However we need to do that. Whether, whether we've believed and we've just lost sight, dear Lord, we've got wrapped up in the things of the world. We've settled for cheaper imitations, dear Lord, that don't last. Help us to confess those things. If we've never experienced this, dear Lord, help us to step out in faith wherever You call us to. I ask all these things in Your name. Amen.